Welcome to the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. This is a show about pushing through obstacles and hard times in order to live a happy and fulfilled life. I'm your host, Ted Fayton, and it's a pleasure to have you joining us. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's grow. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Rainbows podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, big shout out to my executive producer, Andre Suttles with Suttles Solution Media, helping to make this podcast possible. I'm excited for this call as we are sitting on Zoom. Daphne DeLauren joining us all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. It's an honor. Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you doing that good today? Was- Yes, I am. I am so happy to be here. And uh, thank you, Ted, for having me on on the call today. Um, I am already excited to talk about everything we're going to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And I know we've been kind of catching up a little bit before we started recording because we've always been kind of just passing ships or really never in the same dock at the same time. But right. We finally kind of caught up to, to do this podcast recording. For the listeners who might not have been lucky enough to be introduced to your work yet, Why not introduce yourself really quick? Sure, sure. Well, my name is Daphne DeLauren, and um, I, gosh, where do I start? (laughs) It's like when someone asks you um, to introduce yourself, like you could go go pretty deep into it. Well, um, I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I haven't lived here a very long time. I moved here about four years ago or so uh, for my job, which Ted knows. I was a meteorologist first in uh, WNEM, which is in Saginaw, Michigan. And I did the weather there for two to three years and then transitioned to NBC here in Nashville as a weekend meteorologist, which transitioned into the weekday morning meteorologist. Um, That was my dream my whole life. That's like what I worked, blood, sweat, and tears uh, to get to. And it was um, pretty exciting and wonderful. And there were so many pros about it and um, reaching, you know, the peak in my career. But as I was working for NBC, I just started to notice this pattern in in people. And I just became uh, super aware of people's psychology. And I I would wonder like what makes somebody happy. And I, I would notice a lot of people around me in corporate living kind of this robotic lifestyle. Like they would get sick on Sunday, dread Monday, count down till Friday to drink the weekend away or um, just live for a paycheck or just depressed. And uh, just the candid conversations you have with people when you work with them or even outside of work. And during my time in, uh, in Michigan, I used to go to the VA hospital and I would, you know, sit down with veterans and hear their story. And, um, there was one time, one experience that pretty much changed my life. And it was this one veteran who served, uh, who served our country. And he, I, I walked in the room. I said, Hey, I said, how are you doing today? He said, Daphne, I am having the best day, honey. You know, I just got off life support for the second time. Um, And I just got my leg amputated, but I saw my granddaughter today and she was dancing in my room and she lit up and she looked so beautiful, Daphne, in her new dress. And it just made me so happy. And this was the happiest guy I saw all day. Yeah. He just got off life support for the second time. And then I went back to work and I saw these people just like miserable and just this 
robotic lifestyle. And so I just started really paying attention to people and psychology. I became obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would just like analyze people I started meeting, like, why are they wired the way they are? And like, what is, it? I don't know, it, it may be crazy. Um, but I just, I, I started getting a passion for people and purpose and what drives somebody to be happy. Yeah. And I know I'm kind of like going off on this intro myself, <laughs> um, but that's basically about two and a half years ago, I felt led in my spirit to like use my platform working for the news to help bring people love, hope, and purpose and and to teach them like how to overcome limiting beliefs. Because if you think about it, that's really what's in the way of like going after something that brings us what, where we want to be in life. And and we're not created to live like robots and, and count down till the weekend every single week. Um, so that's amazing. I love, I love the, the, the obsession though with the psychology of what makes people happy and what makes people think, because it's almost like when you watch a dog chase a car, yeah, you don't, you don't know what the dog's going to do when it catches the car and neither does the dog. And I think a lot of us are like that in life where we are chasing these goals and these aspirations and these materialistic checkpoints in life that when we catch it, we're like, okay, Hey, now what? And it's almost like the the disappointment or the anticlimactic conclusion of what we get leaves us disappointed and we end up having a, a negative view on things because, quite frankly, now we might have a life that we need to support going to a job that we yeah. don't want to go to or we'd rather be someplace else. And we end up putting yeah. ourselves in this trap. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, how do we get out? We're just running around in a circle and you already know what the circle's called. It's called a rat race. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is so profound. And, and, I, and you know, Ted, I think like the world will teach us three things bring happiness mm-hmm. and that's money, fame, and status. And I think we have to give everyone grace because when we're younger, we're so influenced not only by the world and our surroundings, but who your mom thought you're supposed to be maybe based on her insecurities or, you know, what, what is success? Mm -hmm. Right. And so in such a noisy world where everything is just flashing in your face, you need to, you need to be a doctor. You need to make a million dollars. You need, and I'm not saying those things are bad. Those are beautiful things, but if that's your focus, and you're doing that for the approval of other people. You will never find joy. You will never find fulfillment when you're not in sync with what I believe who God created you to be. Yeah. I want to talk about your journey a little bit because uh, I know you, you mentioned uh, you graduated Florida State and, yeah. and your, your, first, your first TV gig, WNEM TV5. We both graced the uh, the studio of WNEM TV5. Yes. <laughs> um, not many people like? have. <laughs> yeah, not too many, but we 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 have. Um, yeah. What was it like stepping into that opportunity at the time? And then yeah. what was it like stepping into that opportunity when you look at it in hindsight? Okay, that's a great question. Um, I. I remember feeling on top of the world that I even got my meteorology degree because math and science are my weakness. And it's funny when I tell people that because I'm a meteorologist now and I don't share it to 
say, Hey, look at me. You know, I, I got this. It's like, Hey, I failed so many times. <laughs> like unbelievable. <laughs> I graduated by 0 0.01 and it was so challenging, but I, I, I really believe, um, visualization was a huge part in me making basically my weakness, my strength and realizing that every time that we fail, it's an opportunity to grow and learn. And, and it's not really a failure. It's like, whoa, okay, how can I do this better? What am I learning? How am I growing? What is the next step here? So if there's something emotionally tied to something you are going after in your life and that emotion is great enough, even when you fail, you're going to get up, you're going to put on your shoes, you're going to bounce back. So for me, landing that position after I graduated was like, it was really exciting and I loved it. It was when I first got there, I'm going to be honest with you and, and kind of vulnerable. I fell into a depression because I thought I'm going to be happy now because I, I got my meteorology degree. I got this job and it, just like you said, you get so excited for 30 seconds, right? Yeah. And then you're on to the next thing. Okay, what's missing in my life? What what do I need to work my way towards? Um, okay, I got this thing that I worked like four years, blood, sweat, and tears, and all this failure, and I got my diploma. I'm like, Psh, okay, what else is missing? What do I need to get? You know, what what's the next step here? And so when I got there, as you know, Ted. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot to do in Saginaw, Michigan, right? Yeah. And so I land this job. I'm so excited. It's in the middle of nowhere. I don't have any friends. I don't know anybody. There's no way to meet anybody because you're going to bed at 5 p.m., waking up at midnight, mm -hmm. right? And so I fell into a depression and I fell into a place of tremendous loneliness. Yeah. And I started questioning a lot of things. I, I kind of fell into a really dark place. Um, and I, I literally had nothing. I had an air mattress and clothing. And I, I, um, I'm like, is this it? Mm -hmm. it is this it? <laughs> it's amazing you say that because – I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast before, even really thought about this out loud. But mm. in hindsight, at that moment, I think I could say I kind of experienced a similar thing. Mm. Because to kind of paint the picture for some of the listeners or the watchers is, you know, you had this dream opportunity. And mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you had like a good little going away party or anything like that, people to send you off, right? Yeah, you know, I, I was surrounded by all these friends and family that celebrated my 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 gig, and then I hop in the yeah. car, and I drive the seven hundred fifty miles, and I start working. And then like a week goes by, two weeks go by, and like you, your social media, you're sw you're swiping through. My friends yeah. are all still hanging out; they're all still mm -hmm. living their lives, and I'm over here with mm -hmm. the opportunity I said I wanted, but I just feel alone. Like oh, they're living yeah. life. And I'm still here and I couldn't have best of both worlds. And I, and I remember that was also the first year I spent Christmas alone. And it was, I spent Christmas by myself or, or I went to the movies and it was just like, I wrote in my journal at the time. Yeah. That, um, Christmas 2013 was when I found out the cost of chasing my dreams. Mm. 
That is such a statement. Yeah. Wow. What's the view now of that opportunity in hindsight for you? The best experience of my life. Wow. Because when you don't go through pain, you don't gain strength. Mm. And every single person you've ever met in your life has gone through some degree of pain. Sometimes it's debilitating. Sometimes you can't. It's like gut-wrenching. Yeah. But without pain, there truly is no gain. So in that season of my life is where my faith became like everything. It took me having nothing to realize God was truly all I needed. and. I would wake up every day. Like there was no more getting lower than that. I was, <laughs> I, I would wake up and I would come home to an empty place. I would wake up. And I, when I started focusing on what was growing, going wrong in my life, Ted, I found it. Not only would I find it, I would circle it and justify it and amplify it. And it would grow, 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 grow. But the moment I started gratitude, what you, what you mentioned at the start of this podcast interview, it was that saved me. What you focus on, your energy flows to that. And the things you think are wrong in your life or problems all of a sudden literally go away. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times, like when, when something happens right in our life, we get excited for 30 seconds and it goes to our subconscious mind. So you have to intentionally focus on what's going right and bring that back to your frontal cortex. Very scientific. Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) Um, And so I would wake up every day at 1am and I would put Pastor Rick Warren on and I would make a pancake and I would start filling my mind with truth. And this is, this is where I realized how powerful a podcast could be. And how important it is to fill our mind with truth because the world is noisy. The world is going to try to pour into you, right? Mm -hmm. But you can actually do a scan and you can be the author of what you allow in your life. And proximity is power. So who, what, what things are you allowing to impact and fill your mind? Because whether you like it or not, subconsciously, it's going to reflect in in who you are. So every day, 1 a.m., Pastor Rick Warren, like, okay, I put them on and it's just me and my pancake and there's nobody to talk to. (laughs) And I would just like, it was actually really a profound experience, Ted, because like, it was like, it was dark. The sun hasn't come up yet. It's quiet in a noisy world. It was like pushing pause. And I would really just allow truth to fill my mind before I would go. And there was a shift in me. So once I started focusing on these things and filling my mind with truth, especially at the start of the day, not necessarily at the end of the day. It was something about the start of the day, it would ripple effect into the rest of the, of the day. And I would listen to truth. I'm like, okay. And I would just like be ready to go. Here we go. And I, yeah. <laughs> I would walk out of my apartment and I was just on fire with life. And didn't matter what my boss said to me that day, what gossip I heard in the newsroom. It was like, 
unstoppable. I'm working for Jesus is what I would say. (laughs) And I would get in front of that camera and I would give it to like, as if like, I'm, I'm serving God right now. Or like, I'm, I'm sharing the weather with my dad and I, people would see there's something, there's something there. <laughs> yeah. Why is this girl so happy? What is going on? Um, so anyway, I, after that point, I, I really started making new friendships and my season there became one of my most memorable experiences in my life and, and getting involved with the community and, and meeting friends and, and going from such a down place to a positive place um, mm-hmm. in my life. And then I transitioned to NBC here in Nashville. Yeah. And I, I, I love the fact that you were mentioning that pancake, which for some reason, I'm wondering if it was like a blueberry pancake, chocolate chip pancake, or just a regular pancake. There was blueberries in there. All right. Nice. I was like, it can't be just a pancake. <laughs> and peanut butter and um sometimes even a little whipped cream. There you go. Hey, live a little. <laughs> well, <laughs> regardless of, of, of the, of the pancake of the day, one yeah. thing that was constant, like you mentioned, was the dark, quiet silence of that position that you were in and almost yeah. a common denominator for everyone I've spoken to who, who ends up getting into transition of their, their mindset switching was they spent time alone in quiet. Mm-hmm. You almost have to separate yourself from the noise, even with your own mind at times. Oh yeah. I'm going to show you something because it really relates. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see here. Okay. This is our closet here. This is our bonus room. This is my, um, this is my quiet space. I have a, I love this. It's not plugged in. Hold on. Let me turn on the listeners on the podcast. There is a small room that's set it up. It's set up to sit down and it's uh, a prayer war room. This is my my escape in here. Nice. And what does that say on the wall? It says, "With God, all things are possible." Love that. So Thank I actually, um, and I could turn my camera around just to my side. There's a chair there. Now it's not complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not complete. It's in my office. And um, that's going to be my meditation chair. My fiance's already. Wow, that's awesome. She's like, how many times have you used your chair? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you can like, if it's not complete, um, I could introduce you to Pinterest. And there's probably a lot of ideas on there. (laughs) Oh, well, that is a rabbit hole. I will be down to jump down. Um, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But mentioning the silence that was almost mandatory. Hold on, my camera's still a little crooked here. the science, the silence that's almost mandatory for you to go through to really hear your thoughts, right? And really yeah. hear your, your mind. And it's not even so the mind, but what's behind it, the heart, the, the kind of the energy of the direction mm-hmm. your body really wants to go. Because when we're surrounded by all this noise, we end up just kind of falling in the stream of life and just going mm-hmm. wherever it takes us. And we never really row anywhere. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it grounds you to even know what the heck you're feeling. I feel like lately in 2020, it's like you're doomed if you have an opinion, you're doomed if you don't, you're doomed if you post about it, you're doomed if you don't post about it. And I'm actually going to do a a podcast episode today about being open-minded, you know? Um, But I think there's so much power in getting in that quiet space and journaling your feelings. Yeah. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this? Like being intentional with 
why you're feeling the way you feel. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and doing scans like all day, I'm thinking about that. (laughs) (laughs) Like I do constant scans of like, okay, you know, why am I feeling this way? Or, you know, how do I want to feel? So it's, it's great to journal. What am I feeling right now? But how do I want to feel? Let me journal that. And what I did was midway through my experience at NBC here in Nashville, I wrote myself a letter in my quiet place. And I wrote myself a letter of one year in, in the future, Daphne writing to writing to myself on what I, what I expect from myself and, and where my, my deep desire is to be emotionally, physically in so many ways. And Ted, I'm not kidding you. Everything in that letter came into fruition. Really? Yeah. And I think there's a little law of attraction action going there Mm -hmm. um, and visualization. And I, I wrote the unthinkable on, on that letter to myself. And there's something powerful about pen to paper truly. And I think, you know, cell phones are great. And and my note section of my phone is completely full, but there's something so powerful about sitting down in your thoughts and getting that pen on the paper and actually physically writing it out. Yeah. And I wrote so many things on on that letter that I honestly thought was kind of impossible in the moment of writing it. Um, And then everything I wrote, like actually became true. And I have realized the power of that. So I do that with my clients now. I, I, you know, became a life coach after I left, um, NBC in Nashville and probably the first call we, we start that self letter because it's it's powerful. (laughs) Nice. Nice. I do want to talk about the transition from WNEM to NBC in Nashville. For those who might not be familiar with the media industry and local news, it's very competitive. And obviously when, when you're in the position, it's very demanding. And going from a jump like Saginaw, Michigan to Nashville, that's a pretty sought-after city. It's a pretty sought-after position that you were able to get, and and also in a short amount of time. What mm-hmm. was that experience like making that jump? And you you mentioned that you've you've already kind of gone through the bit of a mental shift there. What were some of the fruits that came from making that jump? Wow. Um... It was very eye-opening and it was very humbling, I will say. Um, I I moved to the South and I was thinking they're going to love me and I'm going to love them. I was very green out of college when I moved to Saginaw, Michigan. And the outpour of love that I felt from <laughs> Michiganders was monumental. It was overwhelming how loved I felt there. Yeah. And... I thought Nashville, the South, they're going to love me and I'm going to love them. And it's going to be a beautiful experience. It was not, it was, it was the second biggest lesson (laughs) I've learned in my life. And I moved here as a weekend meteorologist and the position before me, um, the meteorologist had been here for over 25 years. Mm-hmm. And it was not her decision to leave. I'll say, I'll put it that way. Um, and in news, budgeting is huge. Young, vibrant, pretty, cheap, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not expensive. Like that was very, um, I think, a part of the decision making, if I'm being mm. really open and honest. Yeah. 
and um, viewers knew, and I was bashed every day. Hundreds of comments ripping me to pieces from everything you can imagine, from my eyebrows to my everything. I mean, my voice, my looks, my meteorology skills. And it was all out of like from a bitter place because of the process. And I had no clue what I was walking into, but it taught me that if my approval is a man going from being overwhelmed with love within 24 hours, being completely just bashed alive, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need something a little bit more concrete to have my approval in. Right. Yeah. And so it was really hard because I, I had to re-experience being alone in a new city, but also this time being bashed by the viewers, which was, I had experienced being alone before in, in Michigan, but I was overwhelmed by the love of the viewers. And here it was like just starting a new job, being ripped alive into pieces. It was another great thing that I think I went through because it really humbled me mm-hmm. and it, um, it was just a huge lesson in itself. And again, without pain, how do we grow, right? How do we, how do you become confident in who you are and what you believe without going through things like that, right? Absolutely. So now, like when I have an opinion or, or something is on my heart, I feel confident knowing that people are not going to agree with me. And it's so empowering, you know, like I'm authentic to myself, you know, even with this call, <laughs> At the beginning of the call, you were like, this is a video call. And I didn't realize that this is like my bed hair. (laughs) And I'm like, you know what, Dabby, this is your authentic self right now. So own it, you know, even if you you look like a a hot mess, get on this call and that's okay. (laughs) You look great. (laughs) Thank you. You're too kind. (laughs) Well, I do appreciate that. But I I think I love the uh, the authenticity there and and the vulnerability to mention going through that process and, and really being honest with yourself and honest with the situation, knowing that you're not at fault in, in any of that transition. But yeah. when you landed there, kind of getting bombarded almost twofold, new in a city, not being received well by the city that you just landed in. And I think yeah. that's hard for anybody, especially when you work at a job that's in the public eye and mm-hmm. have such, so much, uh, feedback that comes back instantly and publicly. It's yes. not like a, a private message to you. A lot of these these responses are on Facebook comments for everyone else to see. And that's right. even more of a blow. Wouldn't you would you like that I mean that can that can really deteriorate somebody. How do you kind of build a catalyst oh, yeah. on that? Sure. Well you you would like even in a normal circumstance when everything is good, you're going to have at least one negative comment. And like, if you get a hundred positive and there's one negative, why do we focus on the one negative? Right. Yeah. And so that's what I came from, from Michigan. But when a lot of them were just like brutal, um, there was another lesson for me and it was hurt people, hurt people. Mm. And nobody whole full filled with love, confident, would ever tear somebody else down ever. Mm-hmm. And what, when we, when we feel love and, and we feel confident in who we are, 
we lift other people up. Right. And I know you've probably experienced like, or, or witnessed at least there's competition in a cut cutthroat industry. Yeah. And so when, when, when you realize that every person is created uniquely with gifts and talents, nobody else in this world has the world needs what your sister or brother has to offer. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's their duty to bring that thing and we need to empower them to bring them because if you're alive with a beating heart, there's a reason for that. Like yeah. we are not robots and people, mm-hmm. it's like we're born, we get through life, we get the, we get the job we want, we, we get the house we want and then we die, right? But life is so much more than that. Life is beautiful and fulfilling and life is happening for you even through tragic experiences and I think it's so important to, to realize that we're not robots and to think about, I don't know if we want to go into this, but like to think about death because we're going to die one day. Right. I'm all for it. Yeah. (laughs) I've already meditated on my own death. So. (laughs) Yes, me too. And that was honestly like, I, (laughs) it may sound crazy, but I pictured myself on my deathbed one day and I was working for the news and I, I witnessed so many people living out of sync with their purpose and who God created them to be. And they were just living this robotic, just unfulfilled lifestyle. And I thought weather was my purpose. I thought that's what I was supposed to do. But I started thinking about this even more so than the weather. And it was more fulfilling for me to sit down with you, to listen to you, to really listen to you and to change your mindset because everything comes down to mindset. It's 80% mindset, 20% mechanics, right? Mm -hmm. And so like, how do I get you to believe in what is possible for your life and how you don't have to live for a paycheck and how life truly is working for you and how you can change things in your life. You, you can decide in one moment mm-hmm. if something is not serving you to walk away from that thing. Yeah. And if it's your job, if it's your paycheck, that's a big price to pay. So I would picture myself on my deathbed. I'm like, okay, Daphne, <laughs> would you, would you regret not leaving where you feel called and led in your spirit to leave right now? Because that's exactly what happened. I started witnessing all these people and I was like, okay, how can I be not only a source of light in, in people's lives that I work with, but I have a, I have a pretty big platform. Like how can I use this platform to bring a smile to someone's face and, and to bring them hope? Um, that's a pretty big job, Ted. You are invited into someone's living room daily. Like there is a place there where you can bring light like you're doing on this podcast, right? Yeah. I usually so crack like, a joke. <laughs> crack it. Yeah. Well, I usually do in the mornings. Oh, oh, oh I, I thought you said I need to crack a joke. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. I, in the morning, I usually try and crack a joke somewhere in the newscast. And yes. at some point I need to let the viewers decide, was that funny or corny? Right, right. <laughs> I don't know how I'm doing. <laughs> well, that's exactly what I did. And I would, I would, I would say, okay, I, how do I, how do I do something that n- nobody's really ever done? And, and that's when I started a drop of sunshine segment where I would actually give a daily message. I would do the weather. And then after the weather, they had like this whole virtual kitchen set of me giving a daily message, maybe nice. a minute long. 
And that was like, okay, people would write to me and it resonated so deeply. I'm like, okay, I I'm more into this than even the weather. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. People are going to think I'm crazy. And then all the limiting beliefs came. Um, and I had to replace them with empowering beliefs and I, and just step out with faith and confidence. And I cold Turkey left my job in 2018 of December. Wow. Wow. And I want to touch on that because I mean, everything that's happened since then, and I want to lead into this question with that quote that says, all of your dreams are flying in the winds of the sky. And you Mm -hmm. ask, what if I fall? Oh, my darling, what if you fly? And Mm -hmm. a lot of us stand on the edge of that. And maybe some of our listeners, some of the watchers right now are in that position. They're working on a side gig or they're feeling called to something else. Like you mentioned, like their their heartstrings are just being tugged in a different direction. And they Mm -hmm. haven't taken that jump yet just because the logistics don't seem right. The savings account doesn't seem right. Or maybe I'm not good enough. Something's holding them back. What was it for you that gave you the confidence to jump off that ledge and, and just catch the wind? That's a really good question. Well, I think we all deal with fear and every limiting belief that you just listed. I had, I, it's so funny. It's like, we get this incredible idea that's life giving. And we're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to do this thing that I've pushed aside that's been tugging on my heart, right? Um, and, and this is going to be a great thing. And then within 15 seconds, you're going to fail. What if you don't make enough money? What if your child starves? What if you have to start from the bottom to the top again? What if people are going to judge you? What, like all of these thoughts I would have. Mm-hmm. Your mind is created for security. And if you dingle a little source of uncertainty, it's going to convince you out of it because it does not know how it's going to protect you in an unknown territory. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yes. So I had to be super intentional with every thought that crossed my mind. What if you fail? What if you succeed? What if you don't make enough money? What if you tenfold that? What if this? What if that? What if you are so fulfilled transforming the lives of millions of people? And what if this is where you're called, right? And what if like, and I I would replace it with things that were life-giving and empowering, but intentionally crossing out, like I would actually gain clarity. Okay. What's my limiting belief? Okay. This is called the Dickens process. Okay. Okay. This is my limiting belief. What if... I fail because I don't have the personal development schooling or knowledge or whatever it takes to do the thing that I'm trying to do right now. There's the limiting belief. Mm -hmm. Cross it out. What if I have every resource available to me for self-help and I can learn and grow, start out messy. Maybe that's what it's going to take. Actually, that is what it's going to take and, and, and fail again, multiple times and succeed, right? Because you're going to have limiting beliefs. You're going to fall on your face. Be ready for it. You're going to, but you stop there. And I think a lot of people do, yeah, right? Absolutely. And and, and also visualizing, visualizing that end goal and having an emotional link to that. 
So like closing your eyes and like visualizing every detail of it and owning the role and like, I'm already successful. And I would picture myself on, on a stage, like just spitting out truth and empowering people and changing people's minds from like how they came in the room. They're leaving differently. And like, okay, I am, I am here for a reason. And what if, mm-hmm. what if I die without fulfilling my purpose? What is the point in living? A life without purpose is a life without meaning. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to fear that more than my limiting beliefs. And that's what I started to do. Like I would fear dying without fulfilling my purpose. And I would close my eyes and picture myself limiting, listening to my limiting beliefs, five, 10, 15, 20 years. Where am I now? Who am I with? I let these fake things debilitate my life. I'm the author of creating meaning to every thought in my mind, right? Yeah. So if there's a thought that is not life-giving or truth, like you got to let it go immediately. Yeah. Without prejudice, just cut it off. Cut it off. (laughs) That's been (laughs) my reset every morning is kind of like, I choose this. I am going to choose to be optimistic. I'm going to choose to be positive. I mean, on a given day, we have anywhere between, uh, I think it's 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. So on average, 60,000 thoughts a day. Sure, some might slip by, but imagine when you're slowly catching them, turning them positive, and how much positivity you feed yourself versus the negativity that you're feeding yourself. (laughs) Noah, where did you come from? (laughs) I heard like a little mouse. He crawled in. Oh my gosh. Well, that's perfect timing because we are coming to the end. I want to make sure we mention A Drop of Sunshine, your podcast, and uh, everything that you're working towards now. And definitely want to make sure folks know how they can reach you and and get more of your content because you've been, I've been taking notes this whole time. Oh, well, thank you. Well, you can definitely uh, Instagram, Facebook, Daphne DeLauren, of course, the podcast, A Drop of Sunshine podcast and um, A Drop of Sunshine six week coaching program. We're getting a new round coming up in a couple of weeks here and basically everything Daphne DeLauren.com you can find on the the top tabs there. so nice. yeah, I'm excited to connect with with, with m- many of your listeners, and I think we're very like minded in, in the mission of our podcast. And I'm proud of you um, for really just bringing truth to people and empowering people, and using your platform in such an incredible way. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you sharing your story as well, and, and fighting the good fight, if you would. You yes. <laughs> and I'll be sure to have all those links in the show notes too. So the folks that are listening, watching, they can go right into the uh, the show notes and click those right to get in contact with you. That sounds awesome. Thank you, Ted. And tell Noah I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Noah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's amazing. Can you say hi? He doesn't have pants on right now. So <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is mom life. This is real life, I should say. <laughs> yes. Well, shout out to you still doing the mission and all that. And of course, crushing it as a mom as well. Thank you. It's been an honor to talk with you today, Ted. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. And I know the listeners enjoyed it as well. Just recapping some of the things you said along the way that I had to write down. Um, when you, we fail, we learn. And I love it when you said that we, we don't go through pain. If we don't go through pain, we don't gain any strength, right? Sometimes mm-hmm. 
we have to go through the dark times to, to get that sunshine. Hence the, the name of the podcast, No Rain, No Rainbows, or A Drop yeah, of Sunshine, so keeping that positivity. And it took me having nothing to realize God was all I needed. I don't know if you have that written down. I don't know if you have that quoted or something, but please, <laughs> <laughs> please make sure you share that more because that is yes. oh so true. And, uh, and there was so much more, but a life without purpose is a life without meaning. A lot of us feel that tug mm-hmm. in our hearts and we ignore it. I'm urging you to listen to it. And Yes, you only <laughs> have one life. You only have one chance. Yeah. And if not now, when, right? We always say, ah, tomorrow. The manana mm-hmm. effect. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. No, right now. <laughs> right now. Today is the day. And you can go yeah. ahead contact Daphne and let her know you started. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Daphne, thanks so much to the listeners. We appreciate you rocking with us to the end. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without a little pain. Let's oh, I love that. That's Thank amazing. <laughs> <laughs> The No Rain, No Rainbows podcast is recorded at Camaraderie, a collective workspace in Greenville, South Carolina, right off the Swamp Rabbit Trail. If you're looking for a place to grow your business, network with other professionals, and establish your own workspace, Camaraderie is the place to do so. Get access to high-speed internet, private showers and towel service, free methodical coffee, and free beer on tap. For more details, be sure to head over to camaraderiecowork.com or hit the link in the show notes and find out how you can lock in your space with rates starting at just $99 a month. Be sure to tell them that Ted sent you and try it out for free. You never know, you just might find a new home at Camaraderie. Let's grow.